Hello, everyone. It's Kieran here from the Barry Bullock Hour. Just wanted to say that the following episode is the second part of a uh, extra long recording session uh, that took place as part of the previous episode, um, which we recorded on the 22nd of March before uh, any social distancing or serious lockdown uh, rules came into play. Just important to note that we uh, we all took our responsibilities very seriously. Um, there was no handshaking. There was hand sanitizer. Everything was was wiped down and uh, in, in sort of accordance of what we uh, considered to be safe at the time. So, just letting you know so that people don't come yelling and screaming that we are breaking curfew. Um, this was recorded well over a month ago. So, without further ado, here it is, episode thirty-four. We're a bit boozed by this point, so it should be an absolute ripper. Yes, I'm into it. <laughs> it's fun. It's up there. Episode 34 of the Barry Bullock Hour. Um, we've got the uh, we've got a, a different Fab Four this time. We've got Cal. We've got the big time foreign Eric Cox, myself, Kieran Bullock, and Clementine West here in the Kensington Palace Woo! for episode 34 of the Barry Bullock Hour in the midst of the coronavirus chaos. Um, we're here to provide you with a little slice of levity, a little slice of some good times. Because we're not taking life too seriously just yet. No, we are a metre and a half apart. Callum's got a giant bottle of hand sanitizer, healthy touch from Dettol, and here is some healthy touch down the microphone for, down the microphone <laughs> <laughs> for you as we get into it. Here we go. Society is falling apart now. I had a bit, yeah. Um, I have a spatula. Oh, spatula, and this is probably quite a pertinent spatula. Now that um, society has officially fallen apart, by the time you you hear this, um, and the internet has been cancelled, and you're all sitting at home, the internet will never be cancelled. You're all sitting at home. Internet is literally the thing holding society together. Quote, quote, Karen Bullock. The internet will never be cancelled. How do you like them lemons, Karen? Listening back to this in twenty fifty. Twenty fifty. I'm talking about like in a couple of months when this gets released. <laughs> I won't be able to listen to it if the internet is cancelled. You'll have it on your computer as a download from that dodgy housemate you had six years ago, who was like, "Hey, Karen, have my download of." Important information. You heard this podcast. Because what is happening? They had a housemate who used to be an actor, <laughs> and I kid you not, his. Uh, when I asked about him, when I didn't really know him, my housemates were like, "Oh, look, he um, don't ever ask him about that commercial he did." And I was like, oh, wow, um, a commercial. <laughs> Don't ask him about it. Why? And, of course, because, you of course, you asked the question. Of course you And do. it turns out um, when he was, uh, you know, 22 years old, this is way back in the day, he, um, he did a commercial for a Japanese uh, shampoo. And uh, he flicked his hair around and, like, said some Japanese line. And uh, that's how he managed to afford flashing in Wellington for five years. And he didn't like to talk about it because he was an actor. A professional actor. (laughs) Actors definitely want to talk about the stuff they've done. Um, Although ads are embarrassing, so maybe I understand why they didn't. um. I would just... uh, Callum's literally disappeared. But I'm going to offer a... um, 
a, a, a retraction? <laughs> Can there be such a thing as a retraction? Maybe not a full retraction. Are you retracting your ridiculous assertion that the internet will disappear when society descends into outer chaos? No, no, you said... Because that's that. already happened when people are listening to this in the future, Kieran. You said the internet You're would disappear. I said that it would not disappear. I'm pretty sure everybody said that, and then it happened. I'm pretty sure that none of that happened at all. Um, no, I was the future. recently in Adelaide for the Adelaide Friends, as I'm sure you're aware, and Adelaide um, uh, has been beset upon by um, ride-sharing vehicles. Non-car vehicles. Your scooters, your bicycles. Really? Mm. I went to Adelaide, and they've got two different types of um, uh, ride-share scooters and two different types of ride-share uh, bicycles, That's one of which nice. is Uber. Which uh, oh, I think in episode thirty-two, jump. Eric, you the jump. Are we, yeah, the are we jump. about to have a new segment called Karen eats humble pie? Well, I was very, very quick, as you know, to uh, diminish and and mock and pillar. I believe the words you I believe the words you used were munters on scooters and electric <laughs> yes. bicycles. Whilst in Adelaide, I um, briefly became a scooter munter. <laughs> I, 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 I did it. I Was it fun? Did you enjoy it? Did you love it? Look. Because Clem and I loved it. Well, we here's, loved here's, it. The situ- here's the situation about, about the scooters. Is I, I was doing two shows. I was doing the Ides of March at 7.30, and then I had an hour to get a kilometre across town to then at 9.30 do the Ikea show. So I was already looking for a quick way to get across town. <laughs> and they've so they've literally in the last couple of months they've Adelaide's just been besieged upon by these ride sharing vehicle apps. Mm. Um, and so I thought that I in the interest of um, you know seeing things from both sides, you know, both sides of the argument being mm. impartial that I mm. would sign up for one of these scooter apps. And I have to say Yes, they're they're fun. <laughs> In certain scenarios, they are a good, quick and easy way to get around. I will say that beyond a certain distance, they are very slow and a bit boring, and they are not the best way to get around. They're also expensive. And I, I will say... Were they expensive in Adelaide? I bought a three-day pass for, I think, 20 bucks, which was fairly okay. reasonable. That, that gave you 90 reasonable. minutes of scooter time. Was it a lime scooter? No, it was a Neuron, which is a Singapore-based scooter. Oh, some bullshit. Um, There's not as many puns there. No. <laughs> what, what I will say is I, I, I think that these short-term scooters and bicycles... I mean, there's four of them in Adelaide. That cannot last. There cannot be four of them. It's <laughs> it's a, do you mean there's four, four scooters or there's no, four scooter companies? If, if there's only four, then it's like every person on a scooter is, is a celebrity. <laughs> Hello, I'm Mr. Scooter Man. <laughs> I'm Scooter, one of four. Two scooter companies and two bike companies. I, I feel like there can only be one of each. Bicycles seem less likely. Like you can pick up a scooter and jump on it and whiz away and you're having a good time. Bicycles seem less likely as a thing I, to, to take off. But the reality is Adelaide has too many. Two of them will fold. What are they going to do with all that stuff? The, the questions about electronic waste and all that stuff still remain. But I will concede that uh, maybe... A scooter sharing scheme can work in the right scenario. Adelaide's got lovely wide streets, not a lot of traffic, grid system. Um, I don't think neuron scooters would work here in Melbourne, um, but also I did, I, they're I, illegal. They're illegal. I did pillar them. I still do think that they are potentially environmentally fraught and a waste of time and money and, and resources. But I will say that in Adelaide, I did have a good time. 
Here's the fun thing. When you go on the Neuron app, they, they show you the map of all the scooters around you, which yeah. is very handy if you want to jump on a scooter quickly, which I did coming out of the Bakehouse Theatre. Um, there is one Neuron scooter, according to the map, here in Melbourne. <laughs> Someone's bunged one in the back of their car. I don't know if they've like you know gone into the wiring and the hardware and managed to like dewire it or de-thing it. But according to the GPS map of Melbourne, there is one solo neuron scooter well outside the ride zone um, somewhere in <laughs> the South neuron, Melbourne. The neuron guys who are getting paid, you know, 35 bucks an hour to go and pick up the neuron scooters, Recharge. they're not going to Melbourne to pick up that. Well, that's the thing. I'd love to go out there and see if it's, like, I, I imagine it's in someone's apartment or something. Challenge house. accepted. But I'd love to go out there and have a look, so I think yeah. that could be kind of fun. Yeah. This is also not going to be possible when our dear love it beloved listeners are listening to the podcast in the age post the internet not immediately there is no they can't listen to it post the internet that's impossible yeah. well, um, cassette. <laughs> people might have automatically downloaded it they might, they might have sub- subscribed to the Barry Bullock I podcast. hope so download all the episodes it's a great time do it you're gonna need yeah. lo- there's 30 hours of entertainment waiting for you on the Barry Bullock this is what we page. look to in times of crisis we look to uh, a group of guys uh, white guys making a podcast. Wow, wow. <laughs> you had to go there, Claire. I'm sorry. You had to go there. That's there, four from there you. Was, there was a comment made today um, about uh, uh, if you know someone, if you know someone who is a white man and he wants to start a podcast, tell him no. No one wants Need to you. hear that. You know, it was it was a hilarious uh, tweet made by I think uh, one of the. If they haven't already started, one, they've missed the boat. <laughs> <laughs> in this time, in this this terrifying time, um, there is going to be a lot of pressure put on the internet. Mm. There is going to be a lot of pressure. I don't genuinely think that the internet will actually crash. I, I think that there will be yeah, a lot of slow. pressure. It will be very very slow. And uh, can I also urge people if you are listening to this watch Netflix and Stan on a lower definition you do not need yeah. to watch Netflix and Stan on high definition on your teeny tiny little iPod screen on I, your iPad screen but what doesn't use bandwidth is my massive collection of DVDs <laughs> so my golden spatula goes out to my DVD collection which have been waiting they've just been waiting in a cupboard just waiting for their time to come into their own and now they're all screaming at me, pick me, pick me, watch me, watch me, Callum, it's been so long. <laughs> DVDs, yeah, great. I've, I've got a theory about DVDs that um, I reckon in like 15 years, DVD rental shops will be back in vogue. Yeah. Because, and, and people will be buying up DVDs for these shops. And if you, I reckon there's a good chance if you head out to all the Salvo stores and just have a look for some choice titles, Maybe buy up some DVDs and put them in a box because I'm just I think in like 15 years there's going to be a massive DVD resurgence and like if you've got a lovely little stockpile of absolute classics you might make some cash. Uh, little theory something. 20 what are we uh, maybe like 2045 DVD stores resurface <laughs> you know DVD players will be the size of a CD or a DVD <laughs> box you know <laughs> just head out and next time you're at Salvos and you see a couple of couple of copies of Love Actually just sitting there for a dollar. <laughs> just grab them. You know, you know, you, you just, you know those absolute classics. Because here's the thing about Disney Plus, right, is that they've been very canny about withholding certain titles and certain IPs that they have 
from the Disney Plus platform. In the same way that in the last decade they've been very canny about which DVDs they release. Like when they released Beauty and the Beast on DVD a few years ago, people went nuts for it because you cannot get Beauty and the Beast on DVD. Mm. So Disney Plus, they can't just have all of their titles available all the time. To yeah. keep you coming back, they need to have new things. And if they don't have new things, they're going to withhold old things. Oh, yeah. So this is the theory about you know the resurgence yeah. of DVD stores. When you buy a DVD, you have a hard copy. You have it forever. And I think in the next sort of decade, as there are more streaming services with more intellectual properties and more exclusivity, you're going to get to the point where you want to watch something and you can't find it anywhere. Mm. No one has it. If you've got a DVD of it that you've bought for a dollar then you might be in the money. So my theory is in the 2040s, DVDs will be a massive resurgence and there will be certain titles that they're going to be money makers. <laughs> Love Actually is my tip. If you see Love Actually at a Selvo's, go out and buy it. I already have a copy of Love okay, Actually. Buy a few I'm more. I personally feel like I mean, I love that enthusiasm from you, Karen, but I'm going to just, just say, punt, I'm just, just I'm, look, I'm just putting it out there. The reason that I got on board with the whole like DVDs might become valuable is simply because in a time where more internet usage is being needed, and this might potentially go into the future here, but they might prioritize some people with the their future. high definition. I was the future. What? Yeah, the future. Um, it's possible, right? So there'll be a point where like, they're like, okay, well, streaming services, we're going to downgrade to the very bare minimum to allow people to do the actual jobs from home, whatever. And if that happens, then DVDs suddenly do become quite important. In that case, I do see the value of DVDs. Yes. There's something nice about owning a hard copy. But, but, but my understanding this is quite different from yours, which is like, get a classic. Classics, I'm like, yeah. just get a DVD. Get classic. Yeah, well, DVD that's what player. Karen was saying. He's saying get Love Actually. Cause yeah, he, that's yeah, a but, but, but Karen's, Karen's idea around. is that like Netflix won't be buying Love Actually. And let's mm. be real. Are we any of us going to live in a world where that's true? Yeah, <laughs> I think that's possible. There are a lot of films like Waking Dead Divine. You cannot get on any streaming. Have you, have you guys seen Waking Dead Divine? No. This is a fucking beautiful Irish film about these three, about these two Irish blokes, and there's a guy called Ned Divine, and he goes down to the pub, and he's he's this old bloke. He's this old Irish bloke who's I think he's a little bit of an alcoholic, and he dies. With a winning, because he has a heart no, attack a with a lit, with a, with a lit winning lottery ticket in his hand. No way! And the guys come around and like Ned, Ned, how are you? And then they see he's got the winning lottery ticket in his hand, but they realise that if he's dead, the um the the lotto company gets to keep the money. So the film is all about them pretending <laughs> to the lottery company that Ned Devine is still alive. Right. Oh, it's so funny! It's yeah. classic, like. Do you own this DVD? I don't. I you don't. Should get as I should get You've a copy made of it. a terrible mistake. <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. Well, there was this thing um, a couple of years ago where, like, Disney VHS is cutting back to Disney and the sort of um, restriction of their releases. There was like a, an article that went around about like the Disney VHSs that were worth thousands of dollars. And so when I was in America a couple of years ago, I had this list on me, mentally in my mind. 
and I kept an eye out for these so-called releases that were supposedly worth thousands of dollars. Mm. And somewhere in the middle of buttfuck nowhere America, USA, I found one. I found one of the Black Diamond releases for a film I'd never heard of that was supposedly worth thousands of dollars. And so I kept it and I thought, here's my ticket. Here's my ticket. I've sold. And the problem is when someone lists something on eBay for thousands of dollars, that's not what it's worth. No. That's just what someone thinks it's worth. And unless someone buys it, it's not actually worth that. Correct. Not to bring down the whole economic system. <laughs> but I held on to this VHS for our entire America trip. Realised very late that it's actually not worth anything and no one wants it. Um, that's true you know a thing is only as valuable as what someone is prepared to pay for it yeah um, but yeah that's that's my theory with DVDs is you can't go past a hard copy I had a I had a, a my favourite iPad or iPod touch game was called Flight Control it was one of the early really big hits mm. of the touchscreen um, iPhone era iPad era um, where you basically you know you um, you sort of Put your finger on planes and land them on a runway. I played it that. It was one of the <laughs> biggest hits. That's if you, if you, even if you bought it, it's no longer available on current iTunes devices because they've run out of support for it. Oh, really? So there's this thing about digital media that even like you never own, you never truly own it, mm-hmm. and I think that's problematic, and that's going to continue to be problematic in the future when people realise that they're paying all this money and they don't actually ever own anything. Yeah. I think there's going to be a return to the hard copy. To CDs, to DVDs. You know, people want to make sure that they've got access to the thing that they love. I disagree, but I love your enthusiasm for it. (laughs) Well, you'll be crying to me for your copy of Beauty and the Beast (laughs) when I go and scoop it up and sell those for a dollar. Uh, I, I feel like that was a deep, heavy topic. So here's a quick one. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to sell DVDs in 2045 for a profit. Not a massive, deep topic necessarily. <laughs> I'm hoarding love, actually. That's basically amazing the from you. <laughs> here's a quick one. We'll run it around the circle. This is from Twitter user Victoria28. 28, 28 oh, she spelled sounds out, Spelled out in uh, Roman numerals. Are you... Yeah. more or less inclined to like someone if they have the same first name as you oh absolutely not absolutely I'm with you I don't wait like you mean tricks. you mean like romantically or <laughs> no just uh, just as an individual well I do happen to know it. that Kieran has always had a bit of a thing for Kieran Reid oh we got it we've got he's it. a great captain this is a right I'm, right I'm gonna I'm gonna twist your thing Eric mm. okay so you're saying if you meet another Eric are you more likely to like them yes or no correct and I'm I my instinct is um, my instinct is is sort of impartial not necessarily one way or the other I don't meet a lot of Kieran's it has to be said but there's always the thing of like oh Kieran great you know like whatever doesn't really bother me what are yeah. your theories on vetting romantic partners based on their first name such as like I, I wouldn't want to date someone that had the first name as same first name as my sister or as my mum or as like my friend's kid for example like for me those names now are all out yeah. I dated someone or rather for the record was obsessed with someone um, <clears throat> not the same thing no, it's not the same thing and <laughs> I will put this out now um, have met them in later life last year Ooh. after many years uh, since being a teenager but 
His name was my brother's name, bar one letter. Mm. Oh. How do we feel about that? Because it was like, my brother's name is with a K? Oscar, and it was Oscar with a K. I have a family friend who I caught up with the other day in Adelaide, and um, his wife has a brother with the same name. Mm. Yeah, so see, she I'm has... Absolutely this, like, not. For me, that's you, a no. You cannot date someone... I don't With the so. same name as your sibling. Absolutely not. They're I not the same da- name as your mum or dad or sibling. I couldn't date a Juliet. I'm no. also am not sure how I'd feel about dating a Clem. You know? Right. Like, like, you know what I, I know mean? against like, that extent. Just for context. My name I is see, Clem. I see like Gabriel and Juliet come up on Tinder. I'm just like, absolutely not. I understand it's just that. A no. I think it's well, too, Leah's, it is too much. No, I'm, I'm, Leah's is out. I'm actually dating a Gabrielle at the moment. Um, <laughs> <laughs> that's fine. And it's I'm not your mum's. You. It's not your mum. Uh, oh, thanks for that. It's good to know. Yeah. But it, it is It is a big question. I remember being super judged for that, being like, oh, Clem's really into a girl. Uh, into a girl? No, sorry. Um, <laughs> I mean, that, that was, was a different true. time. Wow. Different time. But uh, into a guy who has the same name as her brother, but with a different spelling. That is complicated. Mm. Honestly, that's quite complicated. Mm. And that and, and also it's also a weird thing that's like, well, that can't go any further. Let's be real, you know? Yeah. And then, but is it also like, you know, the names are so important, but they're also kind of superficial. Like, should you not date someone just because they have share the name of someone you know? What if- but it's also that creepy thing of like, you know, yes. like yelling out a person's name during intimacy and Ooh. like for me it's just like See, I've no. never done that before. No, I, I want I want a fresh name. <laughs> I don't know. Just does, does anyone here call out the names of the person they're into during sex? Is that a thing? Have you experienced it, Karen? I like I like a bit of you're into vocal. vocal. I like a, bit of, a, a little bit vocal. of vocal naming of yeah, the Aaron. person you're yeah, fucking. Oh, yeah. If it's it's the person you love to name out. the person you're fucking. Yeah. I, I mean, we've never done that. I mean, Kel's never named the person he's fucking. He's often <laughs> like, darling, sweetheart. No, I'm kidding. Ooh. Jokes. Gabri- jokes Gabrielle's jokes, apartment. Jokes. Gabrielle's apartment. The walls are quiet. I Those are jokes, obviously. But also hilarious, the idea that um that you would just yell out names that did not correlate with the new past girlfriends. <laughs> oh, so good. Isn't it hilarious? That's good, yeah. Yeah, but it's, it's not the case. This is but not a key it is hole an interesting, into our sex life. It is an interesting <laughs> conversation. Mm, I think because tag people back. make oh, it no. like a thing, right? That people make it a thing where it's like, oh, yeah. Imagine calling out the wrong name during sex, but how many people call out the actual name of a person during sex? Well, have, oh, it's getting spicy now. Have you, <laughs> have you ever? This might be an R eighteen episode. I'm not sure. I like it. Yet. Yes. Have you ever, Barry Bullock? Have you ever? Where's that? Where's that? Where's that chaosinator? We need to get a sexy baseline going. Oh wait, let's. Can we all just try doing an R eighteen? Soundo. Right. No social distancing. Social distancing. R eighteen. We can't. We can't. Come on, can this we is going to be like. You, we can't do it because you you got so close mm. to the microphone. R eighteen social distancing. I have your you... turn. Come what? on, Karen. Do a sexy. R eighteen. <laughs> Showed some spikes. We don't, we don't Let's go, Eric. We don't have that. Okay, Eric. Cox, you're up. You're up. Rated R. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. R eighteen. R eighteen. R eighteen. 
Have you so ever good. been with someone <laughs> but pretended that they were someone else or Ooh. thought via the gift of sort of lighting and imagination that they were someone else? Because, and I'll put this out there, I hope she doesn't listen to this, but I hope, I'll put this out there, that I, I once slept with someone who in the lighting and the context of where I was... I imagined genuinely that I was engaged in some physical activity with um, Abby from Broad City. Oh, she's a bear. Right. Yeah, I mean that's reasonable. And the girl I was with looked like her. Snaps there and I was in New York, and I was like, "All oh, of this is working in for New me. York." Yeah, all of this is right. working for me right now. I'm an and I was man. drunk enough. That I'm like, I "That's am... Abby Glazer." It wasn't. It wasn't. I'm so jealous. That sounds like an amazing experience. <laughs> 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 Pretty great. Um, so to tag back, a hundred percent. Yes, yeah. I have imagined someone with someone else. I feel like that. You okay, do it. I'm gonna question right now. Has anyone not had that experience? No, I've never had that experience. No. You've ne- oh my god, Helen is so. a sweet, darling soul who is pretending Only of the way she that walked. he has not. No, I, um, I literally never. I, I've never had that experience before. Oh, that's really sweet. And I'm <laughs> sure we <laughs> Wow. Yeah. All right. So moving on, Karen. Well, no, I, I, I'd, I'd like to tag back to Eric's original point, which is, you know, meeting people that have your name or names that are familiar to you, I'm not sure how I feel about it. What do you think about Eric's well, when you meet I an Eric? Between a... Between Callum and Kieran and Eric, I guess I have the most common name, and I brush up against Eric's at time, uh, uh, yeah. times of my life, whether in the office or within school, and it's always just, I don't know, it's a pain. There's too many Eric's around, so I feel like yeah. I'm in direct competition with to the be other the best Eric. to be the Eric. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Eric and the other the person one. has to be relegated to Rick or something. I don't know. Or, <laughs> Rick! Yeah, just... Rick is not a shortening for yeah. Eric. Well... As far no, as I can tell. Uh, but no, I've always come... I felt like it's a... They're, they're all friendly people yeah, and I have friendly experiences with them, but there's I definitely... That, like, well, I it's have to best them. I interesting, because like, one of my best mates from school was American and his name was Eric. Right. And so, I like, you know, know, not only are you in competition... Not only are you in competition to be the best Eric in, in my life, but you're also, like, he's also an American Eric. Jeez, so, like, when I when I differentiate between American Eric and another Eric, that doesn't work because you're both American. So, you know, that's when you become the big-time foreign Eric the Cox, and he becomes... Eric Bucus, it is my life! <laughs> Shout out. Uh, Buker, if you're listening, sexiest man alive oh, is what right. I said. What uh, the fuck did you say? I th- I thought you said sex is my life. Nope, not at the moment. 2019 was a dark year, gang. Why are we talking about this stuff? 2019 sucked. 2020 was <laughs> turn the corner. We're, <laughs> yeah, we're <laughs> yeah, back on top. 2020 yeah. is a great time. Oh, how good? We're seeing clearly, guys. We're seeing clearly through the cl- cracks in the facade of civilization. Now the rain is gone. Uh, I can secluely now the rain is gone. Well, so I meant that. I meant that question to be about a two-minute cycle around the table. Here's my serious question, which I boiled up at home, and I wanted to run past you, and it's my legitimate effort at being part of this uh, beer podcast. What is your quarantine beer? Ooh, if you had to close uh, the doors, the outside world, liquor store Oh, we were shut literally down. talking about what this your, on the way over yeah. here. What um, is your quarantine beer? 
Gip Street Pale Ale. Yeah, unfortunately, that's a that that's a boring answer. The Gip Street Pale Ale, but uh, the the question becomes it's, it's always it's, good. It's a it's a it's a it's a play on what's your favorite beer, and I think when you drink craft beer, mm. you are constantly experimenting. You're constantly drinking the new thing. You want to taste everything. But Something. the question of a favorite beer or a lock-in beer, as mm. your a quarantine beer, is 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 what's your go-to? And when you drink craft beer, you don't need a go-to because you just go to the next best thing. But I think Callum's right. For me, the the stomping ground Gip Street Pale is it's always good. It's, it's a it's a fantastic pale ale. It's it's good on every single front. And I think if I was to have to lock in. If you say, hey, you get to pick one beer, we're going to give you 48 cans of rations to lock in for a month, I'd be picking a pale ale and probably the Gip Street. Yeah! Yeah. yeah. So nice. we've got unity here. Social distancing. So. Yeah, I'd, I'd be going the Gip Street pale. It's, oh. it's, uh, it's technically excellent. It's beautifully rounded. Mm. It's, it's, yeah, still it's hard to go. It's, it's still easily available. Yeah, it's, it's um, okay. rel- reasonably priced reasonably. for a larger volume as well. After yeah. that high five, did you want some, <laughs> oh, some hand sanitizer? <laughs> Callum and I just high five. Now we're hand sanitizer. Oh, it's, yep, I've got, oh, oh, yep, it's got alcohol in it. I've got cracks in my skin. Oh, sorry, oh I'm in I'm in pain. <laughs> sorry, I am man. in pain. Um, uh, coronavirus <laughs> high five. Corona five? Coronavirus. You know, you so guys, Eric, Cox, what yeah. would you go for? Yeah, well, you know what I'm going to say. and Pat I promise, Blue Ribbon. I promise I'm not saying this to take the piss. Oh, but it's it's going to be fucking oh, VB. It's going to be VB. <laughs> oh, dude. A safe, custom, uh, comfortable thing that you can go back to at 5 o'clock Just have an enjoyable beer. And crack something. And I don't, so we getting I don't you, want any Eric, quiet are getting you, Lamington. Are we getting you a slab of, of VB on the way home? Is that well, what that was the, that was the idea oh, that was the whole reason why i agreed to come out today um now look i have a question for you gentlemen now we're about Ooh. to go into we're about to go into genuine lockdown genuine lockdown. uh what yeah what's what's gonna be we're gonna need to have exercise regimes because otherwise we're all gonna as taika waititi so eloquently put it we're all gonna come out looking like the humans from wally <laughs> oh, wow. um what's gonna be your exercise regime whilst in lockdown karen well i'm going to new zealand tomorrow um, for a what at this point is purporting to be a 14 day uh, lock in slash quarantine which I intend to take very seriously but as part of that I am planning on jogging every second day as long as all the doors are open for me and I can run freely to the outside and then go back to my room upstairs <laughs> if I was locked into my bedroom in my house I think I'd be working on some yeah, there's there's, there's plenty of movement ladders you can do where it's like you know a variety of combination of exercises. But um, you know, it'd be interesting to know whether or not these lockouts preclude jogging. Mm. Um, if they if they do, if you are locked into your house, and I think you're looking at movement ladders, you're looking at exercises into exercise. Mm. It's burpees and weights. And burpees and are quite good. I did them. I, I've jumping jacks, never done cardio. burpees before, but I did them the other day, and they're, they're quite fun. Burpees are good. Yeah, they're good. They're good. They People the always are like, oh, no, the burpees. I'm like, oh, this, is a, this is an efficient burpees form of Burpees are very difficult if you if you work a push-up into the, the burpee. If you how, don't, many, how many burpees do you reckon you can do, Eric? Uh, <laughs> depends on your, your definition of a burpee. What? Does your burpee include a push-up? Yeah, this is... I'll, I'll, this is for me, this is a burpee. Yeah, it's like, Jump it's like, down, push-up, uh, see, no, the, the push-up is is not technically part of the burpee, as far as yes, I'm aware. That's really. I count the push-up as part of I, the burpee. I count the push-up as well. I think maybe I could do... 
Well, what's what's the limit? I feel like I could probably do 25 burpees before I barfed. But I, if I was doing a set-based workout, I would say 10 burpees would be a safe set for me. Safe set? Yeah. Like, because I'm getting a little head rush after those two, but we have, we, we have been drinking, yeah. so, you know. I I do a I do a thing with those. There's some um, a, a pair of seven kilo weights over there, dumbbells. Nice. I do a five minute movement ladder, which includes burpees, but no push up. The burpee is just up and down and up and down. So yeah. depends on your definition of burpee. That five minute movement ladder is pretty good. Um, nice. But yeah, look at the end of the day, as long as you've got um, three or four square meters, there's mm. there's plenty of stuff you can do mm. on the spot for sure. Um, Hopefully people will come out of this with a little bit more, perhaps a little bit more empathy for people who were placed in prison and and really understand what it means to be confined to a very small space. An hour of exercise every day. Yeah, like understand that that's not a small punishment. And the fact that you have access to the internet and television shows is is not really a consolation. It is still an unpleasant thing to be confined to a very small space. Um, and, and these people aren't even... People who are experiencing this are not even going to be experiencing the depths of prison. You know, you're not going to be surrounded by people yeah. trying mm. to shiv you. And Shivs! <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's, um, so there's another, there's another potential silver lining. Uh, speaking of silver linings, I'm planning on watching the Silver Linings playbook for my... Uh, uh, oh, okay. Lockdown, lockdown playlist. Sandra. That's hit the yeah. top of my list. Yeah, there you go. I, that's that's what I'm going to be watching. Lockdown play. I can't say I've got anything lined up, but I will find things to watch. And Tintin do. is definitely going to be on it. The the original TV show. Oh, well, okay. I'm because I'm going back to New Zealand. My access to Stan is going to dry up, so I need to find out what's actually available in New Zealand to watch. But at the worst, I'll be I watching Taskmaster on Daily Motion. Taskmaster is great. I did sign your dad up to Netflix when I was over staying. In, 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 in Why would you do that? Because he asked me to. Because he was confused and he, he didn't doesn't know he how to do that sort of thing. And I won't be able to help him for fourteen days. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know about you guys. Well, obviously not you guys, but uh, my folks back in the states. I'm still fielding tech questions. My phone isn't charging right, and how do we set up Netflix? <laughs> Knowing that I have a 23 year old sibling who is still within that house, they still reach out to me across the Pacific. That's that bizarre. What you, who, who, tell us more about mind. this 23 year old sibling of yours. Oh well, I've got a sister that lives at home, Kim. Uh, yeah, Kim Cox. Kim Cox. Wow, a very brief name. That's a that's a cool name. Like filling out the bubble letters on a on a Wait, or, she, sheet. Or is it Kim Kimberly Coxington? To no, be well, yeah, to be to be uh, official. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> if you're not into brevity, yeah. Uh, no, Which she, I am not. <laughs> so. No brevity for me. <laughs> She's back home. And to go back, I would not date a woman named Kim. Yes. Um, That's reasonable. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, she works at Best Buy, which is the U.S. equivalent of JB Hi-Fi. Yeah. My folks yeah. And she's reach not. out to me. Why uh, is that, Eric? Do you just I defer? Don't you should just I defer. Don't know. Is that just because you're the older sibling? I feel like that might. I don't really might, have yeah. siblings, yeah. So, but I feel like that might it be the thing. It could be that I'm the oldest sibling, and it could be just that my mother is looking for excuses to send me a message. Oh, that's like, really nice. I don't know. I don't know. We'll see how it I, My out. mother would never send me tech questions because she's probably more tech savvy <laughs> than I. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Mm. Mm. My dad might. My dad might. Yeah. That mum, mum definitely wouldn't though. 
Yes, I'm lucky that my sister is at home to feel all tech-based questions. And um, By field tech-based questions, you mean be mildly exasperated at tech-based questions. Pretty much. Yeah. That's what being home with your parents is all about. <laughs> um, but that's all good. I'm, that's something I'm looking forward to. How good? If I need, if mum or dad having, need me to fix the router for the next 14 days, I won't be able to. I'm stuck in my room. Having just spent in lockdown. I've got a small bone to pick. It's not particularly relevant in the age of coronavirus, but... Um, All the better. Prior to the Super Rugby cancellation, I had, a, I had a massive bone to pick with the New Zealand Super Rugby away jerseys. Now, this is not something that I expect our regular audience to be on top of. On account of it being A, rugby, Melbourne, not interested. And secondarily, New Zealand, generally not interested in, in rugby. Before all this coronavirus stuff hit, there was a big um, uniform party that they always have, release party. And of course, they released all the new super rugby uniforms. And, you know, they're all uh, typical of the uniforms they usually have. Crusaders in red and black. Uh, Chiefs in orange and yellow and black with a Mario motif. Do you attend of- these parties or is this just something you're live streaming? I mean, how I, do you- I, I'm always interested to see what my mighty crusaders are wearing, but realistically, it's usually just a slight tweak on the year before. So, yeah. where, where do you find out this information? They, they have like they have like a release events for the new jerseys. Are you part of them? No, I live here. So. How do you find out about them? Via the internet. Post the party. When they release the new jerseys for the new year, <laughs> they have like a media day. She's having a go at you. I think it's lovely how much you care about the uniform release, Karen. I like to see what my boys are wearing. And, uh, <laughs> but I love that you talk about them like you're there. Like, this- so you had a release party and... Uh, <laughs> The results are. Yes, such. so Callum's brought up the picture from the uh, the Super Rugby uniform release uh. from the internet, um, and I thought they were all fairly boring. But the one thing I did notice was the absence of the away strips, because uh, you know if the if the home strip is boring, what's the away strip going to look like? And away strips in rugby are usually pretty fucking shit. But here's what Adidas have done for Super Rugby, even though it's been cancelled or postponed. <laughs> Super uh, Adidas, in their infinite wisdom, thought that they were going to um, uh, focus their attention on the fact that they, they're making a lot of jerseys out of recycled plastic. And so they decided that they were going to put all the Super Rugby teams of New Zealand in more or less the same coloured away strip, which was variations on a blue-slash-teal theme with a pattern unique to the region. But here's the problem. You can't put all the New Zealand teams in the same jersey. It's absurd. The Auckland Blues, right, they have a blue home jersey and a light blue away jersey. So their away jersey looks the same as the home jersey. The Auckland Blues went over to play in South Africa the Pretoria Bulls, right? The Pretoria Bulls play in a blue outfit. So you're right, okay, the home team's going to play in blue, therefore the Auckland Blues should be in their non-blue away strip. But here's the thing, they don't have a non-blue away strip. Their away strip is the same colour as their regular strip. So the two teams ran out in blue strips and no one could tell them apart. And then at half time, the Bulls had to change to their away strip, which is yellow. So they're at home playing in their away strip because the away strip for the New Zealand teams all looks the same. The Crusaders are a red and black coloured team playing in a teal strip. 
the Hurricanes are a yellow and black team playing in a teal strip. <laughs> the Auckland Blues are a blue coloured team playing in a blue teal strip. The Chiefs are a black, orange and red team playing in a teal strip. It doesn't make sense why all of the teams are playing in the same oh coloured strip. It's just absurd. But here's the caveat. I actually really like it and I'm probably going to buy one. <laughs> if I... I really yeah, like if you can get one. I really like it as a garment, but mm. I really fucking hate it as a uniform. <laughs> like Adidas have just gone, oh we're gonna come up with this fancy thing because we recycle plastic from the ocean. Fuck off. <laughs> <laughs> those teams should not be playing in those colours. And it's just lucky for you that the coronavirus has come in, cancelled the season. We don't have to look at these fucking eyesores anymore. Post. I yanked that I yanked the um in your outrage. I, in my outrage, I yanked the headphones out of their post. I've done it again. <laughs> <laughs> I've done it again. <laughs> oh, it's so good. Um, so that, I, well, I expected that to be a very small bone, but it's absolutely ridiculous. Well, clearly you had more feelings seen. about it than you thought that you did previously. Well, I was that cu- anyone thought was possible. <laughs> <laughs> I was just curious as to why they hadn't released the away strips during the regular uniform unveiling. Well, when you consider the whole point of uniforms is to identify the teams playing, and you have five teams all wearing the same uniform, that to me, logically, is fucking stupid. And that brings us to the end of uh, episode 34 of the Barry Bullock Hour. Um, we hope you're all doing okay. Um, what's happening? Calm's lost his mind already. Um, but that's, uh, that's goodbye from me, Kieran. Uh, Eric the Cox, you want to say goodbye? Goodbye. See you in a couple of months. See you in a couple of months. And I'll the see you at the party. We'll see you at the party. Possibly the party at the end of the world. Who the hell knows? I hope so. Um, but we hope you're all looking after yourselves. And we will see you next time, whenever that may be, for episode 35 of the Barry Bullock Hour. Coming to your ear holes as soon as we can record it with our mouth holes. That's really what we're all about here at the end of the world. Recording things with our mouth holes. holes. Is our holes. Oh, I wish we hadn't said that. (laughs) But we've said it. So that's the end of it. Um, We will talk to you all soon. Have a good one and we'll see you later.